Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Good morning, Andrew T. Ruther. Good morning. Good afternoon here. Good morning there. We're doing it. 817. Oh, that's the episode. I was like, is this like a, a Jimmy Buffett thing? It's 817 somewhere? No. Although I might see him. Yeah. You know, Cincinnati's always a stop. That's like one of his favorite places, yeah. which is hilarious. Because it's in one of his songs. Yeah. So I think he has a streak going. I forget how many years in a row he's come here. He's coming here this summer. Just to experience. I know you've gone the whole scene. Yeah. You should go. Like people get bombed. Absolutely blitzed. Mikey, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Mikey, Mikey, and I. I mean, that's we've we've been a few times together. The last time uh, was when he had a um, a what was it? It was a small pinata donkey named Brian, and he had filled Brian with uh, beers, and he was walking around the parking lot asking people to fist Brian. <laughs> He had punched a hole in, in the, the ass area of the pinata. And then he was literally just walking around and be like, will you fist Brian? And people were like, what are you talking about? He's like, come on, fist Brian. And they would stick their, their fist in the pinata's asshole and they would come out with a beer. That's absolutely amazing. But I mean, people do like people build tiki bars in the parking lot and shit like. Oh, yeah. And, and that venue is right by where I live. Riverbend, right on the river. So. It's like two miles away. I just looked July 21st. Watch out now that you mentioned it. I mean, Mikey might end up being there. With another pinata. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty legit idea, though. I like that idea. I, I would rival that with the, the pinata that Lachlan Patterson did for his birthday. Oh, Remember, yeah. With, with all weed in it. A hundred pre rolled joints. I mean, that was another brilliant idea. Like, ad- yeah, I-, I like the idea of, of adult things in a pinata because pinatas are always fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I-, I might check it out. I-, I-, I should go. Just to see the spectacle. I mean, do you know any of his his tunes besides like the, the big ones? Do you need me to make you like an essential Jimmy Buffett, like prep yourself for the for July playlist? Yeah, I mostly just know the big ones. Okay, good. Yeah, I should make. I got you, Doc. I should make this happen. Hopefully, it doesn't result in what happened after Dead and Company, where I was, you know, wandering around with my brothers, trying to get an Uber. You know what's crazy about Uber and Lyft? I remember when I first heard about it, and that was the summer of 2013. It's crazy that was nine years ago, and I was telling somebody this the other day. 
when I first heard about it, I like didn't understand it. And I, I was blown away. Are you watching Super Pumped? No. What's that? It is the show about the start of Uber. Ooh, I'd like to watch that. Yeah. It's on Showtime. It's by the same guys who do Billions, which I referenced to you yesterday. Um, and you said you didn't watch. But uh, it's the same, same duo of like writer, producer guys who, do, who did Billions. And we had a very Billions moment uh, officially today, but announced yesterday where uh, there, there's been rumors. Apparently, the Mets more that were the least vaccinated of any team, which I don't even like just blinking guy mean. And uh, there was all this talk that, you know, we have this essentially the Kyrie Irving rule where unvaccinated players could not participate in games in uh, New York City. So for football, not an issue because it was all in Jersey uh, in the New York area. But obviously we have a Kyrie Irving sitting out home games at Barclays. Apparently Judge and other Yankees not vaccinated and then uh, many New York Mets not vaccinated, which I don't you know. I'm going to save myself the the heartache and the headache of trying to figure out which players on my team are not vaccinated. But essentially, it looked like these guys were not going to be able to play. And suddenly, Steve Cohen, who Billions is supposedly based on, the day a, a week before the season's supposed to start, there's an announcement by the mayor at City Field <laughs> that we're making a vaccine mandate exception for athletes and performers in New York uh, can easily be tied back to, uh, you know, numerous campaign contributions by billionaire Steve Cohen, which, as I said to you, is such a billion storyline. Like this is essentially the entire plot of billions. Something needs to happen. And the guy who, uh, the character who is based on Steve Cohen spends a lot of money to, you know, finagle it politically or uh, logistically to get it done in his favor. It's literally the entire show. And uh, Steve Cohen does it again. I mean, the Wilpons uh, would have, I don't know, traded an unvaccinated Jacob deGrom for, uh, you know, a pitcher who was vaccinated because they're like, well, what are we going to do? We're just going to let him not play. <laughs> well, what's crazy to me, I mean, this, this is this is a pretty wild story on so many levels, which I'll also add. No one's talking about. Like if you look th this this conference that he did at City Field um, that the mayor did, Eric Adams, it's not trending on Twitter right now. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of goes back to my tweet, which I joked a month ago that that Vladimir Putin ended COVID and, and I stick by that. Literally no one cares anymore, which that's a, that's a whole other discussion, but you know how, how quick we are to change what we care about. But this is nuts, Joe. I mean, it really is nuts to think that he's saying only athletes and performers does this apply to. So if you're a New York city garbage man or anyone else who works for the city, you still have to have the vaccine because apparently 
you're not an athlete or right. a performer. Like, to be honest, it's fucked up. Right. And- well, I mean, there's yeah, of course, it's fucked up. I mean, they're not city workers, obviously. Um, so there's that like there, you know, but there is because it's these super events or whatever. I mean, obviously, the thing that Kyrie Irving's been doing the whole time, these like, you know, and and six months ago, eight months ago, whatever is a different story inside at Barclays Center. We're now talking about outside. But I mean, yeah, it is. It is fucked up that essentially this is what we we know about every situation like this, which is money talks. Sure. No, you're right in there. Get in there. Do everybody, the NBA, the NFL, like we've been talking about all this stuff. And then you get the new single richest owner in baseball that's known for doing literally this exact type of thing for a career comes in and is like, sprinkle a little green fairy dust, change laws. (laughs) Yeah. and, And that's all it boils down to, like everything in life. Follow the money trail. Money talks. He donated over a million and a half dollars to uh, a political action committee, which was trying. I to mean, get- there was even there was even a joke. There was a, a literally a joke made at the press conference. Like Sandy Alderson did a De Blasio joke to open it up, like literally just mocking the last mayor and being like, "Not like our new mayor, who we love so much, who's here to get his." gigantic happy Gilmore check and leave. But, it, you know, it is crazy again. Like if I was a teacher or a firefighter or whatever, I'd be like, dude, this is such bullshit. Like you, you, you can't have you can't have different rules or laws or mandates, whatever this would be considered for one person and not for another. I mean, I mean, it's it's that's bananas. That, that'd be like saying, hey, certain people don't have to use stop signs and certain people do. Like it's crazy, and again, it's just flown under the radar. No like one's police. talking about it. Like police don't have to use stop signs. Yeah, exactly. Or obey the speed limit, or not drink and drive. It's like that. Are they are they all drinking and driving too? I assume. Well, regardless, they keep they keep shooting guys with like hoagies. And thinking it was an Uzi. So I'm assuming they're drunk. <laughs> I was giving them the benefit of the doubt that they were drunk. I'm not, I'm not in the know on that one. Yeah. You know, all these like he had a Snickers, but we thought it was oh. a gun. You know, oh, I thought you were saying somebody thought they were shooting somebody with a hoagie. I was like, what? No, no. no. Although there was the one person that shot somebody and said, I thought it was my taser. Hoagies sound good right now. Where, where's where's Hoagie on your list as an Italian? In terms of what? Like, if we're going to look at, like, Italian foods, where, where, where are you putting Hoagies? Like, I mean, I don't even consider that an Italian food, to be totally honest with you. No? No. I mean, I, that's, you know, there's not a lot of people going. You're, when you're in. When you're in Italy, you're not like, let me get a meatball hero. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I know that it's it's an American thing, but I'm saying like yeah. an American Italian thing. I, I don't know where that ranks. Yeah, no, I don't even. Yeah, I don't even consider. Although, I mean, in terms of like sandwiches, like that's the go to. That's it. That's a very East Coast deli situation. You know, like get get yourself a get yourself an Italian combo or a chicken parm or meatball parm hoagie for sure. Do you think this new rule? Or exemption, I should say, 
will really affect Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. What you mean in terms of Kyrie playing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the season's almost over. You're talking just because obviously playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. I mean, there was a there was talk for a while that like, do we even want do we even want to be a top four seed? Do we want to be do we want more away games in a potential seven game series than home games? Because those are the only ones he can play in. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie, listen, Kyrie is a great player. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I think the question of how much does this stuff affect a team overall? I mean, if you look at Brooklyn, um, you know, look at the standings. I mean, where do they sit right now? They are eighth. So they had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden most of the season. James Harden essentially forcing his way out because of the Kyrie situation. Um, I mean, talent-wise, the idea that that team is eighth is insane, you know? And I think that that is to blame. I think Kyrie, Kyrie Irving is should should accept or should be, you know, pointed to for the majority of the blame to go around. Like, okay, James Harden's a little bitch. Let's give him 25% of the blame. And Kevin Durant was hurt for a lot of season. Let's give him 30% of the blame, you know? But 45% of the blame goes on one of your star players that you... Um, totally, you know, built your roster and your salary cap implications around signing. Couldn't play home games the whole year. And talent-wise, they're up there with, you know, any team in basketball. And they're the eighth seed in the East. So, yeah, I think it definitely helps them to have him play every game. And also, in a sense... Like it could be beneficial that now suddenly you get a fresh Kyrie Irving come playoff time, but uh, it's still, you know, you're still putting yourself behind the eight ball a little bit. I mean, you're well, the eight seed. Well, well, let's, let's look ahead. So the one seed, obviously there's a plan for the eight, and nine, but the one seed right now is Miami, who is also in the news with Jimmy Butler going at Spolstra and then Udonis Haslam, protecting his coach, which begs the question. We have a pattern with Jimmy Butler, every team he's gone to. Like, he only lasts so long, it seems. Right. Are we going to say this is what's happening now in Miami? Or is this just, hey, man, beefs happen, as we know. Team fights happen. It's a long season. It's 82 games. Do we think it's one of those? Or do we think, oh, shit, Butler's about to go nuclear like he did in all the other spots he went to. I, I think it's one of those. I think it's, you know, a situation where, I mean, who knows what the long-term effects of something like this could be, but I definitely think in the short term, they're just going to get back to, I mean, they're the one seed. Uh, they're going to get back to, you know, focusing on this year, focusing on the championship, whatever. Do I think it really affects them in the short term, meaning the, the rest of the season? Mm, no. Now, you know, Pat Riley and Spolstra and the Heat organization as a whole always Pat Riley is, you know, despite how uh, Adrian Brody plays him as like a, <laughs> a mop haired, bumbling fool who's sawing through his own legs with the chainsaw um, has always seemed to have, you know, a pretty 
well-concocted plan. And, you know, taking a Jimmy Butler on when no one wanted him has worked out. But like, I, I think Pat Riley is a guy who, you know, since the early eighties has been two steps ahead of everybody else. So where does that leave Jimmy Butler with this heat team in a long-term sense? I don't know. We'll see. But in the short term, I think that they'll, you know, move on from it and just attempt to win a championship. Yeah. And, and unrelated, but also kind of related. I've seen a lot more and I'm sure you have, I've seen a lot more at least videos online, especially on Twitter of players chirping at fans off the court. Yeah. And, and, and also another question I want to ask, and I was thinking of, has this always been prevalent or just now we have, or is it just now that, sorry, has it always been prevalent and now we have phones that can put this stuff out there instantly to the masses or are players talking shit more to fans? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that a fan saying something and a player saying something back to him has always happened. Sure. I mean, we saw the video the other day of Nurkic walking across the court, taking a fan's phone out of his hands and throwing it. I think that the, the levels that it has gotten to with in terms of how some of these players come back and how far they go is uh relatively new and i think that that comes from a positive reaction to it and uh a a negative reaction to some of the shit that these fans say that we didn't have on video before where people are talking about somebody's family or saying really horrible shit and then being like and then the the players being like look we have this on tape and then kind of the public opinion being like yeah man you can't you can't say that shit to somebody. So I think that there, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's always been a little bit of chirping back and forth. Um, and now we're getting to see exactly what's being said on both sides because of the camera. And then I think that these players are feeling just a little bit more in the empowerment era across the board of sports of being like, Hey, I know there's video of what this dude just said to me from somebody or somebody who heard it or somebody, whatever. So now I'm going to do whatever the fuck I feel like is appropriate. And I feel like I'll have public opinion on my side. I like players talking shit. Like, 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 like more so, I guess I'm, I like more so of when, when, when a fan's talking trash and then the player goes back, like the, like the Trey young, did you see the one with the New York, the the L like, I like that in Madison square garden, he goes off. He tells the guy to take an L. Like I like that. I the, like the, the 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 area it goes too far. Of course, the softest man in the history of sports is like when somebody tells Kevin Durant, a Nets fan tells Kevin Durant to take over a game, and he's like, "Shut the fuck up, bitch!" And you're like, "Bro, he, he's cheering you on, dude." Yeah. What was, yeah. What was that all about? Kevin Durant is just the softest. Why would he get mad? I don't. If a fan like like you're saying, he he's trying to offer positive reinforcement, tells you to take over a game. Kevin Durant's relationship with fans, social media followers, whatever is just like, I mean, I, I feel like we need to see like, what was Kevin Durant's childhood? Like, where is this coming from? Let's take a deep look. At oh, like, dude. He, he, Kevin Durant is like a psychologist wet dream. Yeah. I mean, the amount of hours you could spend dissecting him, psychoanalyzing him. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a 
in the YouTube comments right now, a not KD Trey five saying you're a psychologist wet dream, Andy. That's very weird. Strange that somebody would create that username to troll you back. Wow. Instantly. Kevin Durant doesn't <laughs> mess around. He is quick on the trigger. Um, but I, but I like it. Like I said, like, but keep it, you know, keep it classy. Like I would say to fans, there's a difference between talking trash, telling somebody they suck or nice brick to like, I want to fuck your mom. Like, like, whoa, dude. Like, you know, yeah. there, there's a line there. That's why with, with a lot of the Russell Westbrook stuff, but obviously nobody wants threats and his wife said they were getting threats. Nobody, that's not acceptable. But like, he also was complaining about the, 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 uh, the Russell brick, which I'm like, dude, West brick. That's something you hear on the playground. Yeah. Like you're getting defensive about West brick. That's, that's not derogatory. Yeah. That's just also also just make a shot. I guess. (laughs) I mean, you could be Russell wet brook, but you don't fucking, you don't make any shots anymore. He's bad, man. Yeah. What happened to him? You know, you know, I was watching the game last night. There's a doubleheader last night right at, on ESPN. It's, it's, you, you're watching him. You're just, what is going on here, man? He just I mean, breaking I mean, I, shots. I think what's going on is a number of different things. One, uh, he essentially, since, since, the, since Kevin Durant left the Thunder, has moved around teams where he is able to um, stat pad in a way that makes him look good, but really doesn't do anything in terms of wins and losses. I mean, he won the MVP as an eight seed. Um, And then going to a team, being brought into a team where uh, there's a lot of pressure. It's it's kind of a championship or bust situation uh, coming in. Not being not being given the opportunity to do just that in in terms of stat pad, have to play within some sort of con- constraints of a team strategy that is uh, developed to try to win games. Yeah, not performing uh, in that format, and then having your confidence completely shook uh, to the point where you lose some of your mojo. Sure. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's you know you, you you see the decline, and I mean the truth is he's been in the league. I think we forget because these guys come in so so young. It's like he's been in the league for what twelve thirteen years. Yeah. You know, not that he's old because he's not, but you know his rookie year was two thousand eight two thousand nine. Yeah. You know, so so the point is he he's been in the league for a while did you did you see that lebron dunk on kevin love yes dude that's one of those that's one of those dunks where i just couldn't stop laughing like i must have watched it 10 times i just kept laughing every time that that's where twitter and especially black twitter and nba twitter oh my god the creativity that people were doing with that was so funny and so brilliant like that see when you see that stuff that's what a sport like major league baseball is lacking oh of course i mean because you're not allowed to put major league baseball clips on twitter (laughs) are they still doing that though i'm pretty sure yeah for real yeah 
Cause I know, I know a couple of the big baseball accounts like pitching ninja and whatever had to get like, had to get like uh, expressed written consent. Like they were exceptions to the rule to do it. It's like, Jesus. That is ridiculous. So you alluded to winning time and Pat Riley. Yeah. And I think we have to discuss the third episode. Okay. Because it's pretty crazy. And also I like what you said about his portrayal by Adrian Brody. Why, why do they make him such a doofus? I mean, I, I don't know if that's sort of uh, like by design or I mean, I, the thing is, like you just there's just no way that that was the real Pat. Right. Like Pat Riley always seems like he was like Mr. Slick. You know what I mean? But I'm sure part of this is going to be like the oh, when he becomes the Lakers coach and he gets he starts he gets his deal with Armani suits and he starts slicking back his hair and he goes the Michael Douglas from Wall Street look it's going to be like the i'm sure there's going to be like the 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 shot from the floor up where he walks out for the first time in a suit and it's like here we go he's not a doofus anymore now he's now he's slick pat riley but you got to imagine that there wasn't really a time where pat riley was Rocking the fucking, you know, cocker spaniel haircut and although, sawing off his own legs. Although you got to put it into Google. I, I did. You got to put into Google Pat Riley pictures from when he played for the Lakers. Okay. There's the, there's the long hair. There's the one with the full beard. There's the one with the mustache. He really did revolutionize how he looked. Like you said, yeah. and suddenly he's rocking the Armani suits and he looks so he looks Hollywood, right? Like, yeah, he, he goes, are you looking that up? Like you, you should, you should look at some pictures, dude. There's a yeah. few ones where you're like, they're really not making him look that poorly compared to how he looked. Yeah. But in terms of his attitude. Oh yeah. 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 I, I assume he was always a winner. Obviously he was a star at Kentucky basketball powerhouse and not like he was a star in the NBA, but look, he was a good guy off the bench, obviously got a chip. But what's crazy about that episode, if you guys are not watching Winning Time, again, I think you should watch it. Episode three covers the Lakers trying to get Jerry Tarkanian, the former legendary college coach with UNLV. And basically what happened, and I'm just going to spoiler alert everybody. Tark's agent got whacked by the mob because the mob had some sort of control of Tark in Vegas or his agent or both. And they basically were saying they knew he was going to go to the Lakers as their head coach. And if you do this, you're going to end up in the back of the trunk like your agent. And his agent ended up in the back of a trunk at a Sheraton hotel in LA after Jerry Buss had met with his agent, which is bananas. Which when I watched it was like, there's no way this actually happened. And then I saw, I sent you the tweet of the article saying it actually happened. And like in the article, it's even saying he's last seen with leaving a restaurant with Jerry Buss. He was in talks to become the Lakers coach. This is in the article about him being found. And you're like, geez, wow, this is the real story. This is bananas. The most bananas part of that episode. Do you know who uh, plays their Jerry Tarkanian? Did you see the, the tweet about that? Was that uh, Michael Chiklis? 
No, no, that's who plays uh, Red Auerbach. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm confused. It I'm, was, I'm just... it was like the stoner from Dazed and Confused. <laughs> you haven't seen this, dude? Get out of here! And I love Dazed and Confused. Get out of here! Please send that to me. I will. That is what. Yeah. The stoner from Dazed and Confused. Or confused. Sorry. Plays Jerry Tarkanian in this episode. Yep. I'm sending to you right now. So, again, episode two, I was kind of like eh, wishy washy on, and I'm still, I still don't like how they cut to the different. What, what would you even call it? When film they formats, the, the different film formats, just I, I don't like that. But, um. I, I said I said about this before. It just seems like there's no rhyme or reason to it. I, if if there was a if there was a reason for I'm sorry, it. Sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at what you just sent me. This is unbelievable. The guy with the long hair. That this I love this. I absolutely love this. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> is is this real life? It makes me love this guy as an actor that much more. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was also an Argo. I forgot about that. I'm looking underneath the tweet. I'm pretty sure he was also the guy in Empire Records. He was also in uh God, what was that? What was that one movie? With the aliens and the pyramids, not the pyramids, but like ancient Egyptians. Um, God, why am I forgetting the main actor's name in that? It's a big actor. That's crazy. Yeah, but this, this this to me is one of the wildest stories that you say. How did this fall under the radar? That Jerry Tarkanian, again, legendary coach was in deep which would make sense right late 70s the mob still has a pretty firm grip on vegas has not turned so corporate yet right it's just like casino where they show the corporatization of las vegas it's still run by the mob what's crazy the craziest part about it is you you can you like i don't know so i didn't i didn't know that story i didn't even know the Jerry Tarkanian thing, but I did know about, I didn't either, but I did know about the guy who ends up getting the job, but pre Riley is the one who brings in quote unquote showtime. I didn't know and, that either. I didn't know any of this. I'm learning and, a lot. Yeah. And so, uh, so it's like, did that whacking is that whacking responsible? Like the butterfly effect of that, and then the Lakers dynasty, which the the next dude who they I, they show a little bit in this, the guy who's a a Portland assistant, uh, he's the guy who comes in. Like I knew this from from just growing up and being a basketball fan. Pat Riley got gets the job eventually because like that dude gets in like a bicycle accident or something like that. Well, well there, or there's a car accident or something or something. It was a bicycle accident. So there's so many things that happened. And again, I haven't read the book. Um, 
but I want to. And, and again, I, we, we'd love to get Jeff Perlman on this show. What's fascinating is what you're saying is the butterfly effect. They don't get him. They hire the assistant who I believe Portland had just won a title. Yeah. That's that's the Bill Walton MVP, yeah. Dr. Jack Ramsey. I say Dr. Jack the greatest Ramsey. basketball season. I mean, I'm just going out there and everybody's <laughs> like Bill's the MVP. And I'm like, how about John Lucas? You think you think players are fighting fans today? One time somebody said, nice socks, Bill. And John Lucas dragged that fan out of the stadium and beat him to within an inch of his life. And I said, John, I'm a pacifist. I'm not here for that man. And he was like, I got you, Bill. I got you. So Jack McKinney was the head coach, right? But he only coached 14 games. He got in a serious bicycle accident. And then I believe, is it Paul Westfall takes over for him? Paul Westhead, Paul Westhead, right? Know, not, always, the son, not the son's coach. I always confuse that too. Yeah. So Paul West, basically Paul Westhead is the head coach, but he's kind of sharing it with Pat Riley. And then they don't, and then the next year they lose in the playoffs early and Magic Johnson had an issue with Paul Westhead. So they fire Paul Westhead and then Pat Riley gets it. So like all these, which, which if the show plays out this way, or if they have enough seasons, it's interesting to see how this all played out, but you are right. And I think that's but the important. butterfly effect of like, we just talked about, I mean, the Pat Riley Miami heat right now. I mean, think about the Pat Riley heat. Now the Pat Riley, uh, LeBron big three heat, the Pat Riley, Knicks. uh, Shaq heat, the, the Pat Riley Knicks, the Pat Riley Showtime Lakers. Um, maybe none of those happen if Jerry Tarkanian is that head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. What do you mean? They don't. Yeah. It's not what if. I mean, this is what's crazy to think. If the mob and we're just going to I mean, does he still come in? You know, is is Riley still an assistant and the Lakers aren't that good under Tark? And like, who knows? But one thing's for sure. the, The showtime aspect of it never happens. So McKinney was the showtime guy and and they say Pat Riley, excuse me, brought the defense and obviously kept the offensive scheme. It really is wild though. And and, and what's wild for me, obviously I have an affinity for Vegas. I lived there for two years. It was my first city after college. So like I, 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 I could eat up all things Vegas. I'm fascinated by the city and how everything came to be. I didn't know any of this. And I didn't know that they were trying to get him to be the head coach. Obviously, I knew he was a legend, but Tarkanian, it's it's crazy. If you look at him, they were they were division two UNLV at the time. Like they barely had just turned division one, I think around like 1970. What's crazy is under Tarkanian, by 76, they're already in the final four. Yeah. Like I know he was doing shady stuff and obviously UNLV became such a thing and the apparel, I mean, Tupac's wearing UNLV gear in his videos. What's crazy is like growing up for me is I didn't like them because I rooted for the good guys, quote unquote, good guys. Let's, let's not, I'm not saying that Duke's the good guys in UNLV, but like I rooted for Duke in those games. It's so funny. I rooted for UNLV. I was going to say, but Andy Ruther now would 100%, the 40 year old me, would be rooting for UNLV. Yeah. 
it's 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 nuts though what he did for basketball. It's so funny because a uh, uh like a sixth grade Joe Prano was just just wanted Larry Johnson to hammer dunk on Christian Laidner and just wanted I just wanted I didn't even know Greg Anthony was going to be a future Pat Riley Nick, but I was like I just want Greg Anthony to punch Bobby Hurley in the face. I want him to I want him to put on that fucking disco shirt that he's eventually going to wear in Phoenix and jump off a scoring table and just beat the shit out of Bobby Hurley. Tark yeah, but chewing on the thing. Mike Mike Shashevsky over there. I love Duke. I love Duke basketball. I love this community. I love Duke. So if you go to the Thomas and Mack Center, that's where you see UNLV plays. And I only went to one game. I lived there two years. But they do a great job, as you can imagine. Just the homage that they have for those, you know, like the whole, like around the whole arena. It's just like what he brought. And, and, and just no team had br- or no coach had brought the things that he had brought the up tempo, the man to man defense, the one three one press, all these things that Tark brought to the game. And he, and he's a basketball Hall of Famer and deservingly so. It's, it's just, uh, it, you're right. It's wild to bring it back to the show. If the mob and we're going to allege because I'm assuming the mob killed his agent. I mean, the guy was in the back of a car trunk. Yeah. It's nuts, man. It, it really made it interesting. And, and now you're blowing my mind with the guy from dazed and confused. I can't get over this. So. If you're not watching it at this point, guys, we're obviously talking about it a lot. Tune into HBO. And, and, and it's, is, it the, is it the best show ever? No. no but no. it's but it's entertaining and it's fun. Yeah, especially with this stuff. I kind of want to watch Dazed and Confused again now, too. See, uh, Makes me want to watch Empire Records, which is a classic. Dude, I don't think I've seen that all the way through. Empire Records? Yeah. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I'd argue I'd argue for any uh for any fans of Rory Cochran out there. I would argue Empire Records like head and shoulders a better movie than Dazed and Confused. Really? Yeah. And listen, Dazed and Confused has a, you know, the the jumping off for a lot of careers. He's uh he's 50. The guy, Rory Cochran. What what was I talking? Or am I out of my mind? Am I am I am I wrong? The the movie I thought that I'd seen him in? What the hell was I talking about? I don't even know what. I don't know. Anyway. Um. Yeah, d- definitely check that out if you want to. But uh, are have you watched the dropout at all since we're doing the the on Netflix or is on Hulu the uh, yeah, Elizabeth on, Holmes show? I'm on episode five. Okay, so here's another fun one. I realized this from his voice. Do you know who plays the big Texan fucking uh the, the, the PC guy? guy? Yeah. You know who that is? No. Michael Ironside from Top Gun. How 
I see it now. <laughs> right? I recognized it from his voice and I was like, wait, is that is that Jester? <laughs> Fucking Jester. That is him. Yeah. Holy cow. Wow. It's a get good your, show. Get your butts back below the flight deck. Definitely. Uh, definitely really makes me and, and hats off to Amanda Seafried for her acting. It really makes me really makes me dislike Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to like her. No, but I but I mean, like, here's my thing, dude. I was actually I'm just surprised at this point. My brother, John, didn't work for that company. I'm surprised he wasn't like the vice president in charge of like. I mean, but you talk about an awful person. Dude, dude, there, there's people who make money. There's people who scam people. There's people who rip off people. Fine. Not that that's good either. But when you're doing this, that's going to affect people's health and their blood work and lies. And the sad part is, and I'll just do my little quick rant and we'll move on like I did yesterday to somebody. The sad part is she's not going to serve shit worth of time because she's a, a rich white woman. I'm just going to call it as it is. But if she was somebody in, in a rough area who got picked up with some drugs on them, she's serving five years. And there uh, lies. Uh oh, woke Andy's out. It's, but it's true. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Like she's not going to serve time. She's she's an awful person. She's an awful person. And and exactly that's the problem with the whole system. But but it's a good show. Now, do I get a little worked up? Yeah, I'm going to have to watch the documentary on HBO. Anyway, we, 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 we got lots to cover. Lots, lots of good sports stuff to cover. I, I think I think you know what I think, Joe, I think I need to relax. I'm just I'm just I'll, let me just say this. I'm just impressed. You've made it this far into the show without talking NFL like this. I, this is you're showing some real growth here, Andy. Hey, man, I'm trying. I'm trying. And we can get to the NFL. I'm just surprised you weren't like, welcome to the dirty sport. Tyreek Hill got traded. Look again, the NFL is number <laughs> one for me. But look, I can I can. I love I love, I love sports. You know, let's 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 talk them all. I love I love sports. I love sports. I love this whole sports community. I love sports. Yeah, I mean, look, we we can. It, 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 it's my release. It's it's a nice way to uh, decompress. And you know what else is a great way to decompress is having a nice cold Miller Light with some friends. Mm, mm, mm. Absolutely, Andy. It's, it's spring has sprung, and it and it's time. It's time for a. Uh, you know, we're getting back. Majority of the country is getting back to the best time of year. The, the flowers are blooming. Oh, yeah. The sun's coming out. And just you can sit back on your back patio or your back porch, your back deck. Look out over. Look out over the uh, the greening backyard. And just like enjoy life with a Miller light. Funny you say that because it is if you know where I'm at. Everything's starting to bloom, getting a lot of rain. I need to cut the grass. I am having a couple buddies come over. You tomorrow. know what they say? April showers bring happy hours with Miller Lite. Wow. I was, this guy's a professional over here. 
That was very well done, sir. Very well done. Yeah, I got a couple of buddies coming over tomorrow. Watch some hoops, drink some Miller Lights. You really can't beat it, guys. So uh, get on that right now because since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer. People like you and your friends. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And a quick shout out to all the dirt balls. In particular, I'm going to give some love in particular to CT, who always sends us great tweets when he's drinking a refreshing Miller Lite, a lot of times on the golf course. So if you are enjoying a cold one this weekend while you're watching games or out on the golf course, on the back patio, fire pit, send us a picture, tag at Miller Lite, tag at the Dirty Sports. People love to tag us and then say, like, the greatest beer in the world. It's like, go ahead and tag those good folks at Miller Lite uh, or, you know, uh, say that they're in the picture, tag them in the picture, whatever it is that you're going to do. I'll tell you what, Andy, uh, in, in, you know, a few weeks from now, I'll be in the heart of uh, a, a, an area in Colorado that is, uh, you know, that's, it's sort of a battleground state for the good folks at Miller Lite. You know, a lot of people there drink a uh, beer that shall not be named on this show. But no, like a like a crusader bringing Christianity across the world, I will be bringing I will be traveling with Miller Lights. I will be bringing Miller Lights with me to change the course of history in Colorado. I'll be there doing shows at uh, the Bridge Street Bar in Vail on April 14th. Before that, I'll be in uh, Steamboat. And after that, I'll be in Denver. But get, get your tickets now available if you're in the Vail area for the Vail Comedy Show at the Bridge Street Bar, where I will be, be changing hearts and minds through the, through the gift of laughter and the gift of Miller Lite. Plug within a plug, guys. A plug within a plug. That's that's 817 episodes. We have to go deeper. Yeah. When you can do a plug within a plug, that means you've been doing this for a minute. That's that's experience. That's that's LeBron James year 19. That's basically what that is. Well done. Well done, Joe. Oh, we actually had a call about winning time. Should I play it? I, I, my sure. apologies. Why, why not? You know, I forgot to play. This is a call about winning time, and then and then we'll get to some other stuff. Hey boys, um, I I'm just watching the um, third episode of Winning Time here on HBO Max, and I know you mentioned that uh, uh, Tug Coker should play Pat Riley or uh, just some play uh, some uh, character in the show, and. It's no coincidence that uh, Pat Riley ends up being uh, kind of a main character in the third episode. So now all I can uh, think of is Tug Coker in that role. Um, would have been cool to see it. Uh, let me know what you think. Stay dirty, boys. I think we said he should be Larry Bird since he already played him, right? Well, Alexa, stop. Yeah, I mean, we said Larry Bird, but also, you know, he had, I mean, I think Tug had high hopes 
of being Larry Bird, you know, because he played Larry Bird on Broadway. But I think that ship sailed pretty quickly in the casting notices. And what I said was, you know, because obviously throughout the course of this Lakers uh, dynasty, this Lakers Showtime run, it is a lot of back and forth with that Celtics team. I said we should like, you know, pick a pick a brown hair, brown haired, floppy haired Celtic that uh, Tug could appear as. I said Rick Carlisle. Uh, you know, I like that. I like that uh, on the on like a mid eighties Celtics team. And I think we referenced the time that Bill Walton was looking at Rick for some help. That game yeah. that Jordan went off with <laughs> yeah. sixty plus points. Yeah. God damn it, Rick. You've got me switching and picking roles. This guy's a goddamn alien. He hangs in the air like there's no gravitational pull on this earth, which I think we all know good goddamn well there is, Rick. <laughs> Stop leaving me on the wing with Michael Air Jordan. <laughs> Well, Joe, I lasted. Are you proud of me? I lasted a long time. I lasted almost 50 minutes before we got. I know to you're shaking, shaking. Give me my fix. This is nonstop, man. This, this, it really is nonstop. This offseason This is a wild offseason. I saw a tweet about just like all the moves in one offseason from the quarterback movements to the receiver movements to whatever. I mean, it's just been an incident, the, the retiring and unretiring of Tom Brady. This it gotta be, I mean, I would say without a doubt, a runaway winner for the long, the, the craziest off season in NFL history. Right. Yeah. And, and the NBA has kind of taken the, the crown for craziest off seasons, at least in my opinion, in recent memory. But to me, this is on that level of just player switching teams. Like you said, Guys signing, especially the AFC. I've seen multiple tweets about that. Just well, this is what's happened in the AFC. Whether guys have gone to different teams in the AFC or they've gone to the AFC. And the biggest move yesterday was Tyreek Hill being traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins give up a first round pick, which is number 29, a second round pick and a fourth round pick as well as a fourth and sixth round pick in 2023. And, uh, you know, this is a big deal because that's obviously his deep threat. I mean, he's a top five receiver in the NFL, uh, has been the last few years. It like electric speed. Um, even, you know, a lot of the talk from chiefs players, chiefs, former chiefs players, chiefs, beat writers, people who are in the know in the NFL are like Tyreek Hill's effect on the chiefs is more than even his stats show Yeah, that, uh, that obviously he just opens up the field. I mean, his ability to stretch the field opens up things for, you know, Kelsey, Kelsey and all the, the dump offs in the middle and the, the, the shorter middle stuff. So, yeah, no doubt about it. It's insane that a guy who has had that productivity on a team that has been that successful the last few years gets traded. Uh, honestly, it's insane what they got for him because the rumor at first was two first round picks and then that the Jets were in the mix 
but the Jets were unwilling to give up, which I believe was their fourth and 10th overall selection. But they ended up not even getting a first round pick as high as either of those. Um, then I think there was talk that they, the Chiefs had essentially accepted both offers and they gave Tyreek Hill the, the option to pick where he wanted to go. And he picked Miami because obviously. Um, so, but basically, what happened was they were negotiating a long term deal. And then the Devontae Adams trade and signing happened. So the Chiefs didn't want to pay him more than that. He wanted to be the highest paid receiver more than what Devontae Adams was making. And they didn't want to do that. So obviously they have to look at the financials and we have a couple calls about this because that's where it kind of gets dicey because I don't understand it now with cap space and stuff against your cap. And we've talked about it, how they find ways to finagle and move money around. But uh, let's, let's play some calls, which I think are going to spur some interesting conversations as far as how we view the receiver at this point or our top receiver in the NFL. What's up, guys? This is Corbin from Colorado. Um, I'm out here on a walk with my dog, so I apologize <clears throat> if it's super windy. But I'm a Chiefs fan, so obviously calling in about that Tyreek Hill trade. Oh, by the way, real quick, have I just instilled fear in Dirtball still? Yeah, they, pretty much. They, they apologize because, like, man, Ruther's just going to be all angry. Like, guys, I definitely had some issues. No one's going to deny that. <laughs> but to be fair, that was, you know, I think everything changed like 2017 on. So like we're, we're year five of this. Like, I'm not going to go nuts. We are in a post float lab, Ruther world. It's true though. It's true. We're in a post float lab world, which it's, it's mostly a float lab and cannabis world. So, so let's, th th those have, those have calmed me down a lot. Uh, anyway, let's proceed. It kind of happened out of nowhere yesterday and, it's crazy, you know. I want to say that it's because of Patrick Mahomes and it's because we have to pay him this amount of money and so we have to cut these guys, just like everyone has been thinking since Mahomes signed this huge contract. But I'm not sure if that's necessarily what it is. Uh, to me, it sounded like the Chiefs offered Tyreek Hill a substantial amount of money and he almost declined it. Uh, of course, you know, who knows what actually happened. Uh, but that's kind of what I've been hearing. And another thing, which I saw on Twitter, was both Green Bay and the Chiefs now cut their wide receiver one because they didn't want to pay them that money. And I think it's true. Paying wide receivers nowadays isn't a part of the plan. You know, how many of these guys are getting 20-plus million? I mean, now we've got a few. But, for, you know, the past 10 years – None of these guys have been making that much. And I think it's a little bit outlandish that wide receivers are making this much amount of money in the league. But I don't know. It's kind of mad because the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill, but I think that the Chiefs are going to be just fine. And I doubt that Tyreek Hill has as much production in Miami as he did in Kansas City. Sorry for being long-winded. Stay dirty. So here's something to consider. Your Super Bowl champ, Rams, the highest paid guy is Cooper Cup, and he's around like 15 million. Now, obviously, and, that, and, and by the way, that is as of 
this coming season. Cooper Cup last season got like he it was the first of a three year extension, but they they guarantee his first year. It's fully signing bonus. I think he was on the books last year. I had it here yesterday somewhere. I think he was on the books last year for like five million. Yeah. So my, so my point is you had Cooper Cup, you had Robert Woods. I don't know what he was making. Obviously, Odell. And by the way, and again, Cooper Cup, that's another. So then it's 15 and 15 the next two years. We're not talking about an eight year, 160 million. We're talking about a three year. I think Cooper Cups was a three year, $47 million deal with a signing bonus that put him at 5 million cap hit year one where they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I think these guys, you know, I agree. I, I, I agree with what teams are doing. And I've said the same thing about running backs. I think these skill players are so good. I, I just, I wouldn't pay them. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. Here, give them- so here's the situation with wide receivers, in my opinion. I think it's different than the thing with running backs. And I actually think, I think Cooper Cup is a great example of a guy who we, we can all look at Cooper Cup season last year. Um, but and Cooper Cup was great when Jared Goff was there, but he wasn't. He didn't have the biggest wide receiver season in history yes. when Jared Goff was there. Exactly. There was a there was a year or two where Cooper Cup wasn't their number one receiver with Jared Goff there. The difference between running backs and receivers to me are. People got to the point where they're like, it's not worth it to pay a running back. Okay. Now that swung back a little bit. You know, the girly deal obviously didn't work out injury wise, but like Kamara is working out. uh, Okay. You know, uh, some of the other big uh, McCaffrey, obviously injury problems, but here's, I think the difference between the wide receivers. And this goes back to what I said about the Devontae Adams thing. If you have an elite quarterback, I don't think you should pay a wide receiver elite money. 100% agree. I think if you have an elite quarterback, part of what comes with having an elite quarterback is he will make Julian Edelman somebody who retires and people go, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? If you have an elite quarterback, it should take undrafted UMass free agents and have them salsa dancing on in Campbell's soup commercials. That's what elite quarterbacks should do with your wide receiver core. That is why I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, now Devontae Adams might be your security blanket and he might be your guy. And you maybe Aaron Rodgers has a difference of opinion the same way LeBron James thinks that fucking Carmelo Anthony should be on his team. But from a GM standpoint, if we have to spend all the money that we need to to keep our elite quarterback, find the find Cooper Cups and Julian Edelman's and Victor Cruz's to become superstars with those elite quarterbacks, which obviously Patrick Mahomes is. Simultaneously, Patrick Mahomes 
is partially built from Tyreek Hill. Correct. Tyreek Hill, having Tyreek Hill there for the early stages of development of Patrick Holmes is great. But I think now when you get Patrick Holmes the confidence and you get Patrick Holmes the experience and you get Patrick Mahomes the MVP, they haven't won a Super Bowl the last couple of years. And it hasn't, no one's saying it's because their offense isn't explosive enough. There's a lot of other factors, uh, especially in the Tampa Super Bowl, in terms of offensive line, in terms of defense, in terms of whatever. And so if you're going to spend all this money, let your quarterback deal with making your, let your elite, and elite is, we're talking, you know, the top five guys in the league at any given moment. You know, let that guy make your offense explosive, explosive. Let him do what Peyton Manning did for, uh, you know, a fucking Brandon Stokely or a Dallas Clark or a whoever, you know, think of all the guys through all the years. I mean, he, he, look at the Steelers wide receivers with uh, a big bet. It was every year. This is our guy. Well, you know, uh, and then they let that guy go. And the next guy is the guy again. You know, they let Mike Williams go or whoever the fuck the dude was back in the day. And then the Antonio Brown comes and then this guy comes and then Claypool and then Schuster. And then they're always like the next guy is always a guy. Get a, an elite talent in the draft that you don't have to pay and do it. Conversely, I think that there are teams when you have a question mark at quarterback. Surround that guy with elite playmakers and see what you have which is precisely now what's going to happen in Miami. Sure. Tua has all the weapons. All. Bro, if you finish behind the Bills and you finish behind the Patriots, you're not the guy. Yeah. No, I I couldn't agree more. I I mean, look, guys, this is the year for Tua. Any Dolphins fans out there, you got Waddle. You got Hill. You got running backs. You got an O-line. You got a tight end. I mean, they are set up now, and and they, you know, you signed the number one alignment in free agency, Armstead. They now have basically the same defense, and they've now stacked the offense. So if Tua is benched for Teddy Bridgewater week eight, he ain't the guy. And I still think he ain't the guy before even this season. But we'll see, and you're right. But I think that that's where what elite receivers – should be in the NFL is like, honestly, I think quarterbacks, you know, how much is Patrick Holmes responsible for Tyreek Hill and vice versa? I mean, Tyreek Hill is a great player. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. But is, is the chief's problem even without Tyreek Hill there now people are worried. They're not going to score enough points. Some people are, but, but you know, I, I think exactly. He's that good. He makes him. He makes receivers great. Now, Tyreek Hill is great, but you, like I just said, you look at the Rams who won the Super Bowl. You look at who they played in the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase, rookie deal. Higgins, rookie deal. Boyd, not being overpaid. It's the same situation where you have a great quarterback. It doesn't. Well, when mean- you look at the AFC West becoming what the AFC West is becoming, 
you look at a Denver Broncos team that has uh, essentially been built around defense forever and now adds Russell Wilson to sure up uh, uh, you know, the quarterback position. You look at the Raiders who are going all in with uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And also like, you know, they're trying to load up everywhere they can. They go Devonte Adams and they, and they're, you know, making defensive signings, the chargers that are making defensive signings because they, they have the elite quarterback in place. And now know we have to stop somebody. There is balance in the AFC West. And I think that the, uh, the, probably prior to a Tyreek Hill leaving the chiefs are probably the least balanced team, or at least making the least balanced moves of the off season. And now it frees up money for you to get more balanced. Yeah, I agree. I I actually totally agree that they, they were the least balanced. You have Mahomes. I know that they, they have this, the salary cap, everybody doing the salary cap magic, but the part of the salary cap magic with Mahomes was he wasn't going to get paid out of the gate and it, it balloons down the line. You have Kelsey getting a ton of money. You have Hill getting a ton of money. Like if those three guys alone are, are, you know, 60% of your cap two years from now, where does that leave you? Yeah. You have two years to win a Super Bowl before you finish behind the Chargers every year. Well, let me just go over the odds real quick. Let me just, again, obviously these are just the odds. This doesn't mean anything on paper as we saw last year, how Cincinnati performed, but these are the odds right now on FanDuel at this very moment to win the AFC championship bills plus three fifty. Chiefs plus 500 chargers Broncos plus 850 Browns plus 1000 Ravens plus 1100 Bengals plus 1200 Colts plus 1300. Sorry, can you start from the top? Yeah, I just want the first couple. Yeah, it goes bills. Yeah. Chiefs and chargers and Broncos are tied. That's that's to win the conference. So, So those are your top four. Again, according to the odds right now. Yeah. And then, and then when you go in Super Bowl, you know it's it, it's crazy because the the Chargers like these signings. Everyone's saying right now the Chargers are literally right there with the Chiefs, and they've split the last four games with the Chiefs before these signings. You know what I'm saying? So like they've gone head to head with them the last four contests, the last two regular seasons. The Chargers are right there. It is interesting they're giving the Bengals no love, which I find fascinating. I, I think I saw that the Browns jumped the Bengals in some in some books. They've jumped them in all the books. The, the Bengals right now on FanDuel are listed as the seventh odds-on favorite to win the conference. So you know, again, I you take it for what it, what it's worth. They were they you know over under with six and a half wins last year. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl, so that is what it is. But you are right. Like, like, I don't know. I was reading a lot of stuff on this and saying, wow, man, this is really going to affect them. And AFC West is getting so tough and they're just going to have to do long drives. And they did do that last year in the second half. They're not going to be able to quick hit you with a three play 82 yard drive touchdown. They're just going to have to do sustained long drives. They're going to have to run the ball more. I, but, but also at the same time, I just think that like the Chiefs are always going to have that ability with Mahomes, with Mahomes, and uh, you know that who's the next guy? You know, like 
it's just next man up. Like, I think he has, I think he is one of those quarterbacks. And I think Rogers is too, where it's like, you don't need this because he can turn some other guy that you've never heard of who has elite speed into that guy. Now Tyreek Hill is special, no doubt about it, but you know, you replace him for a 10th of the money and get two thirds of the production. Yeah, for sure. Well, here's a call about the financials of it. Good morning, fellas. Jew. Uh, just wanted to call to um, see about the Tyreek Hill trade. And it came down to two teams, the Jets and the Dolphins. Um, and apparently the Jets may have had a little bit better of an offer with the draft picks and stuff and the contract, but he chose Miami. So one of the things that doesn't really get talked about, especially with the NFL where it's a hard cap, is these teams that are in either Florida or Texas compared to teams that are in New York or, you know, New York, New Jersey, or California, where the state tax is insane. I think for New Jersey, which the Jets and Giants, it's their tax in New Jersey, it's 13% versus Florida, it's zero. So do you think the NFL should, so they used to do this in, I think it was hockey for Canada teams, where even though it's a cap, they can pay a little bit more because of the tax. So should New York and New Jersey and California be able to have a higher cap their teams um, to be able to, you know, get pretty much offer an equal amount that would go into the pocket of the players because he's uh, the Dolphins are literally giving him a better offer and the Jets just can't do it with it being the hard cap because of that. Uh, let me know. Thanks. Later. Uh, look, I don't know about that, but I would argue for the players it matters, right? If, if, somebody's yeah. getting, if, if somebody's getting a hundred million dollars. But I mean, to- I think that's what he's saying is like, if the, if the players can choose, you know, if the players are making that decision based on, you know, the money that they're making, shouldn't the team itself get a little bit more spending. And to which I would say there's the math of that, or like the idea behind that is a good one. And especially now, the the way that it's now sort of sports is so global and you know social media connects everything i mean you go on you go on uh to watch football on sunday and the commercials are the quarterback in kansas city the quarterback in green bay and the quarterback in cleveland who have all the fucking ads i mean there was a time where it was like being the quarterback in la chicago or new york was worth that much more value than anything. You know what I mean? Or being this, being a star player in one of those cities. And now that that's not the thing that you offer. Hey, come to New York. We'll make up that money in advertisements. It's like, you won't dude. Like LeBron James was the biggest name in sports. He was in Cleveland. So, yeah, like I, I actually do think, you know, you, you got to get creative with that, but there should be some. But because here's the thing, you're going for competitive balance. That's the whole idea of a salary cap, but you don't have it. Yeah, I don't know the solution to that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think there's got to be a way to think about it. You know, I, I, I um, will say as someone who lived in Nevada where there's no state income tax and I wasn't making I was a school teacher one year and then I worked at Caesars. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't you even, even on the, on that low salary as a high school teacher, you know, when there's no state income tax, yeah, you're getting your checks. You're like, Holy shit. You remove that. 
it, it, I mean, it ends up being thousands of dollars, even at a small level. So I think for sure players consider that. But also, like you pointed out earlier in the show, I'm sure playing for the Jets versus Miami and living in Miami. I mean, living in New York City, which you would live if you played for the Jets is great, but sure. like, but it's the Jets. Yeah. It's the Jets, dude. Plus I mean, Kill. how many careers, uh, you know, I'm sure Tyree Kill is just like, oh, I want to go be Le'Veon Bell, guy who also didn't want to play for the Max and then disappeared from play. Like, like if you're Tyree Kill, the question that your agent should be asking you when you're deciding between those two teams is, hey, Tyreek, I know you're, um, is Le'Veon Bell alive or dead? Yeah. Because he was on your team after he was on the jet. Like, can you say for sure whether Le'Veon Bell is alive or dead? He's like, you know what? I, I actually, I can't. And he's like, that's right, because he played for the New York Jets for a season. And now no one knows whether he's alive or dead. Yeah. Don't make that mistake. Sure. It's a good point. Plus, you know, weather. Strip clubs are way better in Miami. Look, I, I don't know anything about Tyreek Hill. I mean, I know some things. I know that there's the whole, you know, case with him, you know, abusing was his son or daughter that was like three or younger. I, I know yeah. that much. Yeah. But I'm just going to assume he likes strip clubs. Is that, yeah. me, is that me stereotyping? I don't know. He's an NFL player. Strip clubs are better in Miami. I don't know if that came down to it. By the way, his, his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. No surprise there. I think that's his agent. Another big signing, which we have to mention on Dirty Sports. He's always been one of our favorites. The Saints are bringing back Jameis Winston. Two years, $28 million, $21 million guaranteed. It's amazing. Dude, I saw, I almost sent this to you. Our, our friend, Jameis, one of one. Dude, the cherry picking that he does is he he compared, dude, you're going to love this. He compared Stafford. Dude, th the way this guy does this is absolutely mind-boggling. Where's the tweet? He basically was trying to cherry pick Jameis Winston's stats from a very shortened season against Matthew Stafford's and basically saying that the guy who got hurt and played seven games had a better season than the guy who won the Super Bowl. That's what he was trying to do. I, I got to say, listen, the, the Jameis Winston situation in terms of like the money he got, the team he continues to play for. It's just like, I actually, I am happy about it because at this point, if Jameis just like wastes away, like, I don't think it proves our point enough. And like, I want, like, I just, I think with Jameis Winston, we were talking about, we were talking about the Deshaun Watson situation, you know, a week ago and where he's going to end up like Falcons, you know, uh, Saints, uh, uh, like all the potential teams he go for. And we loved, we loved Watson to the Saints. Yeah. Winston to the Saints. Like, I don't think that the Saints can win a Super Bowl. Just like straight no. up, like, can't, no, they won't. can't they won't. do it. 
and, and, and I'm not, that doesn't say that they might not make the playoffs or he can't perform because he, he played well in those seven games, but I he totally, played well, like he played fine. I totally, no, but, and, I, and, but like with you, but he also played like a guy. He played like a rookie. They had, they had him fucking handcuffed because he can't be trusted not to throw 30 picks in a year. I think he threw for like 160 yards a game. Dude, I got to read this tweet. This is, this is wild. So our friend Jameis one of one quote tweets Ian Rappaport on the extension that Matthew Stafford got. He quote tweets it by writing saints were not in Matthew Stafford trade in 21 to my last year. Right. As they believed Jameis Winston was the same QB, but with more upside as reported. And then he, and then he lists the 2021 total QBR. Jameis was number four in the NFL Stafford was number five, and then the 2021 EPA per play, Jameis was number two, Stafford was number six, and he hashtags it, White Jameis, Black Stafford. Dude, I literally, I'll be honest, I see these things, and there are times where I want to punch this guy in the face and be like, dude, are you really listing stats of a guy who won a Super Bowl versus a guy who played seven games side by side? Like, zero context. Zero. They will never win a Super Bowl. They haven't even won a playoff game with Jameis Winston. And you're right. They treated him like he was on training wheels when you're trying to teach somebody how to learn how to ride a bike. I don't know why. It just, it's just like, because people see that and they're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then the people try to turn it like he's trying to make it a race thing. Dude, get out of here. It's not a race yeah. thing. And oh, and the Saints didn't want to like what are you talking about? The saints gave Jameis Winston a $2 million fucking show me deal. And the Rams traded first round draft picks to get Matthew Stafford. This isn't even in the same, like you don't think that if they, if the saints could have gotten Matthew Stafford for $2 million on a one year deal, they wouldn't have done it. Like these aren't even comparable. One guy was a team's franchise quarterback that they had that a team had to trade Tons of draft picks to get their hands on. If the Rams had wanted Jameis Winston, they could have just fucking signed him. A hundred percent. Do the Saints make the playoffs next year? Uh, I mean that that division so fucking. Much I, I mean, e- much easier conference. Yeah. Uh, Bucks are winning say- that division. Yeah, but are I don't even know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no just on Jameis alone. I mean, it's unbelievable. This guy. But also, what are the Saints doing? Like what like you just got him on you just got him on a show me deal and he played seven games. And now you're giving him $14 million a year? 21 guaranteed. Yeah. I agree. Like you, you have a terrible GM. If that's like, oh, he wasn't going to sign with us unless we gave him that much. Good. <laughs> and, and, and obviously, he ain't he ain't your guy if you wait around. Like all the cards have fallen now. Yeah. The only QBs left was him, Baker Mayfield, and Jimmy G. Like these are the only guys who like quote unquote starters left. 
They let everything play out. That's how little faith they had in Jameis Winston. They went for Deshaun Watson. They, they let it all play out. By the way, I will miss Baker Mayfield's Cleveland commercials. I just want us to get that out there. That's, that's going to be the biggest L of this whole situation with Baker Mayfield leaving. The commercials with him at Cleveland Stadium and Progressive were really well, really well done. I've been a fan, as you know. We're just here. I mean, that I mean, the rug pulled out from Baker Mayfield. He goes from being the starter in Cleveland to having all these commercials. And now it's like, well, we can't give commercials. We can't have a guy doing commercials. Like, I mean, is he now just the guy who cleans progressive field? Like, is he like he doesn't like he's not a brown anymore? Like he's just did now he's the, just the janitor. Did, did you see the one meme? You know, when he's doing the garage sale, like the yard sale. I mean, the one memes like this is actually real now. He's doing a yard sale. Like he's leaving. I mean, I thought that, you know, he, the Colts were going to be the likely fit. And the fact that they didn't get him. Do the Seahawks go to Baker Mayfield? Like, why would you do that? Why? If you're, if you're doing some sort of, if you're doing some sort of fast rebuild, is that your plan? No, that wouldn't make sense. I mean, yeah. And what but the about thing you- is, if the thing is, if Baker, if people thought Baker Mayfield was like a fit for like he would already be snatched up. I know. Well, what about Jimmy G? I see for me, I think Jimmy G was a better fit for the Saints than fucking Jameis Winston. I totally agree. Like, what are the Niners going to do with him? I don't know. Trade him, trade him to the Bucks for Tom Brady. I I still have not ruled out Brady to the Niners. You're out of your mind. I have not ruled that out. That would be the that would be like the the cherry on this fucking offseason Sunday. It would be. Brady goes to the Niners. No way the Bucks would do that. Just no way. All right, we got some calls. 310-359-8365. Drop us a question, comment, conspiracy. I like this next. We're going to start with a non-sports one. I like, okay. I love this analogy. So last episode, you and I were uh, discussing how we think the let's go Brandon thing is arguably one of the lamest things ever. That's just not funny. It's hack. It's not even hack. I honestly, I think it's offensive to hacks. Hack is like, when something ha- hack, it's like typical. It's like overplayed. It's like whatever. It's like, I don't even think it's hack. Which is not funny. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even make sense. Well, I, I, I you know the origin of it, right? Yeah, I know the origin of it. But I'm saying at least ha- something that's hack makes sense. It's like makes all the sense. That's so sensible that it's just beaten. It's so it's like anybody can come up with it. Well, I think this is the best analogy. I'm going to play this. I think you're going to love this. This is where we are probably going to agree. And I think most listeners on comparing that to this. Yo, what's going on? Dirty sports listening to the last episode 
particularly the Let's Go Brandon bit, is Let's Go Brandon the new Dilly Dilly. The first time I heard Let's Go Brandon, I kind of <laughs> chuckled for like half a second. But now it's just like, hasn't it been like over a year, year and a half, maybe even more? Like, let it die. Let's Go Brandon is the new Dilly Dilly, and condoms are for anyone who still thinks it's funny. Peace. So real quick, on the I looked it up. The origin, it happened to that was it NASCAR? NASCAR driver? Yeah. It was like yeah. October 3rd, 2021. So it's actually not yeah. as nearly as long as we like, thought. Yeah. It just feels like it just like dilly dilly. I, don't you love that? Like, Is, isn't that a spot on? I here's why I think it's spot on because of the people who enjoy it. The They're the people. same people. Yeah. You're like, bro, you, you're at the bar and the guy who's like dilly dilly. You're like, yeah, I, I, I can't say I'm surprised that you, sir, are really into screaming dilly dilly at the bar. <laughs> well, you I, can, I am not surprised to see that coming from you, sir. Guy in cargo shorts. Whoa, 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 whoa. Take it easy in the cargo shorts. I used to rep those with pride. You made the point last episode, and I agree, of, okay, dude, you got a problem with the president? Be a, be a, be a man. Just... Have a have a flag that says "fuck Joe Biden." Like you're you're a pussy. So like, there's there's one there's one a few neighborhoods away from me, and it's in a nice neighborhood. And I purposely, and it's probably not to be smart. This is where like people was like, "Dude, you're an idiot." I purposely always run by the house, hoping somebody's out. When I when I go for a, if I run in that area, because I want to say something to them. And I just but, wanna... we're, but we're also this like, see, that, that's the thing. It's like it's the flip side, like the flip side was just I mean, it wasn't as lame as let's go, Brandon. But like, dude, if you had a Trump, if you had a fuck Trump flag outside your house. You're also a dork. No, I agree. I agree. But I want to ask that person what exactly what you're saying. You know, and obviously I'd be kind of a dick. I'd be like, why don't you just have a fuck Joe Biden thing, dude? Why don't you just go balls out in your little nice little suburban neighborhood? Just do it. And he'd be like, nice Miller light sweatshirt, but over here we're team Dilly Dilly. <laughs> <laughs> now, I go to the country once a week uh, for some volunteer work. And there's the difference, Joe. They literally, some people out there, like straight up country, have, have flags that straight up say, fuck Joe Biden. Which again, that's a whole other like, blows my mind like you're so angry at this old man like who's literally not doing anything like everyone else is doing it that's a whole other anyway but like to me that's the difference oh dude you you won't do it in your little suburban neighborhood you won't you won't put that you won't put the f-bomb on a flag but they just it's not even i don't even think it's that as much they think it's hilarious they think it's hilarious they're screaming dilly dilly at the bar. They think it's hilarious. And every person with a college degree around them is rolling their eyes. Really, bro? Dilly dilly. I don't, dude, I, I actually disagree there. I think I think there's a fair amount of college degree men out there who thinks it's funny, who think it's so funny. I do. I think there's idiots. Just like I thought there was college degree people who thought dilly dilly was funny. But I think that's the best comparison. It's great. Good call. Yeah, I think it was too. Okay. 
Jerry Jones conspiracy. What is this? Let's play it. What's up, fellas? Justin here, Kansas Third Ball. Just called him uh, probably about five minutes ago, but I was like standing in a closet while my son was sleeping, so I was trying not to wake him up. So I'm going to redo this, and hopefully it works out a little bit better. Another um, fear-based truth or call. Tell me what you think. Is this a... I got a faucet. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I called a few minutes ago, but my service wasn't good because I was calling from a bomb shelter because I didn't want there to be outside noise because Andy Ruther gets really mad at us. And then I realized that the uh, underground concrete walled bomb shelter, while making uh, good audio, uh, didn't have great uh, Wi-Fi connection. So now I'm calling back from uh, a closet. Uh, and that, that had a bit of an echo. So now I've actually put my son in the closet and I'm calling from the main room. So I'll make this quick so that I can release my son from his jail cell so that Andy Ruther doesn't yell at me. How far are we from dirtballs running professional state-of-the-art studios to leave their calls and to have someone with a clock that's timing it for 60 seconds and under? Guys, again, I don't think, like, I used to be a dick. Yeah. But like soon, soon we're going to have phone calls that run exactly 60 seconds to start with like in the world where Andy Ruther lets me talk for one full minute. I have a question. Is Dilly Dilly. (laughs) (laughs) I love the disclaimers. A dirty sports conspiracy theory that might hold some true weight. Jerry Jones with his baby mama drama with the girl that he impregnated at the airline's ticket counter is she the sole reason he does not fly anymore and thus has the jerry bus to drive around in was he just such a debacle of a human being that he could not keep it in his pants anytime he found uh an average woman at a ticket counter like tiger woods and a denny's waitress i don't know boys let me know what you think stay dirty for the record, it was a Perkins waitress. I, I know my Tiger Woods stuff. Uh, he does fly. So Yeah, I was going to say, debunked. he does. He still has the bus, but he does fly. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's not He's not like how John Madden didn't fly. He flies. Yeah. He just yeah. has his sex bus. He just flies private now so that he doesn't have to deal with ticket workers. Yeah. So, sorry. Had, had to debunk that. I mean, I mean, I like it. Look, I, I'm one to always entertain a conspiracy theory, but... Uh, Never call here again and literally uh, <laughs> <laughs> and give your child up because you're not fit to be a parent. Unbelievable. All right. Let's 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 get through a few more. What else we got here? Is this on the rundown? Hold on. Did I not make it a favorite? So many calls. All right. Going on, boys. Kyle Arnofsky calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. Just wondering, what is your favorite non-major uh, four sports in North America to uh, watch and attend? Oh, we already played this. Jesus. I was going to say, am I losing my mind? No, I'm losing my mind. I forgot to cross that off. We already discussed the status episode, so uh, you guys can call in and yell at me for playing a repeat call. I mean, that's you talk about that's pretty meta right there, right? Yeah. They're scared of me. I'm the one completely fucking up. Okay. We, uh, here's a bit, here, here, you know what? We just got a couple more. Let's just get through these. 
Hey guys, Eric from Colorado again. Uh, just want to start off by saying uh, each hero to the Hall of Fame five times over, definitely. Uh, my question today is the uh, the Rockies just signed Chris Bryant to, what was it, six, seven years, whatever. Uh, and they're, like, not going to compete, but, like, as somebody who's going to get to watch those games, that's just, you know, they're, they're putting something fun together. Um, so my question is, they're putting they're putting some fun players together. They kind of just changed uh, ownership last year. Are the Rockies the anti-Reds? Um, yeah, hope uh, hope I can make it out to. Uh, I think I'm gonna come to the improv show. I'll see you out here, Prano. Um, keep doing what you guys are doing. Stay dirty. Love it. So are the Rockies the anti-Reds? Well, the, I, at this point, I don't know what's going on with the Reds. They just t- signed Tommy Pham yeah. for one year. And it's lit, Pham. But that's literally what Winker was making? Right. Uh, dude, like, I, no one has a clue what the Reds are doing. Now, the Rockies, like you're saying, that'll be a fun player to watch, especially in that stadium. I don't, dude, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just the, the thing about the the Rockies being the anti is like, again, they let the guys go that like I, I. So here's why I don't think the Rockies are the anti the Reds are. Like just not spending money, the Rockies don't seem to be knowing how they're spending their money <laughs> like it, it just seems so reckless. And so like there is the, the Reds have a plan. And maybe maybe the Rockies are the anti Reds and that they have no plan whatsoever. Did you see the did you see the Reds managers quote on it? It's one of the funniest quotes I've ever seen as far as what they've done in the offseason. David Bell. This is a verbatim word for word quote. We're getting better in a really weird way. Yeah, that's weird. Bro, what are you talking about? We're getting better in a really weird way. Yeah. No. You're 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 getting worse. Yeah. Okay, one last call. Let's just get through all of them, right? Is that cool? Uh yeah, no, I, I yeah, I I, I no. kind of got I got to go just randomly. We'll save uh, it. We'll save okay. it then. We'll save okay. it. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. Give us a ring, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the dirty sports. You can drop an iTunes, not iTunes, a Apple or Spotify review. DM me, leave your Twitter, Instagram handle, and I'll send you some koozies. At Joe Prano on all social media, except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. Follow me. I've been putting up stand-up clips. And if you want to come see a show, go to JoePrano.com, JoePrano.com forward slash shows. Uh, most notably, uh, I'll be back up in the San Luis Obispo area uh, next weekend uh, for some shows. And I will be in Colorado, uh, 8th, 9th in Steamboat Springs. Then in Vail on the 14th, go to Veil comedy show and get tickets for that. Me co-headlining with Eddie Ift and then Denver Improv the 15th, 16th and then New York, uh, New Jersey, Connecticut areas at the end of April. Keep your eye on JoePrano.com for those. Let's go Prano. Yeah, let's go Prano. <laughs> Which really means drink Miller Lite. Yeah, there you go. All right, guys, that's our show. As always, we really appreciate the support. You guys have a great weekend and don't forget 
stay dirty.